0: Hey, welcome to the Relentless Positivity Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Martin. Hey, the information we're about to receive today, you need Okay, my breast, my breast. That's not my breast. My breast friend, Kristen. We're not going to start over that. Hey, her name is Kristen Scroggins. It's an I-N on the end, not an E-N. Okay, so she is a professor. She's a speaker. She's a CEO. She's a writer. She's a mom. She's basically an all around bad mamma jamma. Kristen, thank you so much for coming on.
1: Awesome. Thank you, Joe. I am so excited. I cannot wait to talk to you about why people are so weird.
0: They are so weird, like they start off with really weird intros. Did you hear how this one got going? <laughs> yeah, that was nice right there, man. Most people start over, not us, so we're gonna it's keep going to not
1: the worst I've heard. Honestly, you're, oh. you're, you're doing OK. Well,
0: you're that's gonna... what I was shooting for. So we'll, we'll keep going and see what happens. But um, if you don't know what Kristen does, uh, tell me a little bit about yourself and what you do.
1: Sure. OK, so I have been a communications professor at the University of Alabama in Huntsville for 15 years. And I study generational diversity and how we sort of got the way we got. I look at origin story, sort of a mixture of what your childhood is like and what parenting norms were like when you were being raised, where you were in the country or the world. And I help corporations, organizations, public sector jobs better understand how to um, have a cohesive workplace. Uh, Really what I feel like I, I do is raise awareness so that people know that someone's not just just being a jerk. Like it totally makes sense in their head. Um, and so when I expose people to that, um, I feel like it, it drops the drama level at their work because now they understand that it's something that makes sense in someone's head. So it's actually part of the diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging realm at this point in time. So for any of your listeners who are out there who are like, hey, we need a good DEI speaker, generations falls into DEI. You have to understand uh, the people that you work with in order to maybe get along better. So yeah, that's the main thing I do. I've worked with lots of big people at this point. And um, the good news is, is that everyone's dealing with the same level of weirdness, Joe. It doesn't matter if I do this in Alaska or down on the space coast. It doesn't matter if I do it for NASA or the next thing I do is solid waste. Um, I'm dealing with the same stuff across every industry, everywhere in the country. So yeah, it's it's a good time all around, um, yeah. and I get to make fun of people all day. Which is a, oh is a man, win.
0: dream job right there. But if hey, this this stuff that she does, it is you'll be like oh, how did I not know that? It's going to be mind blowing. It's going to help you out in the workplace. It's going to help you out at home. So let's start here. Let, let's break it down. Let's go to the different generations, in case people don't know who they are and what they're going to be.
1: Oh, gosh. Well, there's a 1000 different ways that we can look at this. So the first thing people have to know is that anytime you ever decide to go geek out about generations, you're going to get a different date. Okay, so no reason to really go crazy on that. Um, Census Bureau is going to be different than Pew is going to be different than what I do with my company Gen Y. Um, where we started, our numbers were with, was, are with what's called Strauss and Howe. They're the originators of the theory. So in my opinion, if you really want to go to the top, you go look up Strauss and Howe. So, um, so really, there's four, the way most people study generations, there's four 20-year spans that we're looking at right now in the workplace. So you've got traditionalists and baby boomers. The best way for us to think about this is people in their 80s and their 70s. We'll just do that way. Uh, 80s and their 70s. And then, um, so traditionalists, and then the silent generation are people in their 80s and 70s. Got it? And then 90s and 80s. And then boomers are going to be 70s and 60s. And then Gen Xers, like me and you, are going to be 50s and 40s. The main thing you need to know about us is that we hate everybody and that we, right, like we just don't make us be friends with you at work, please, um, ever. Um, and then there's social generations on either side of us, but we're not them. And then millennials are people in their 30s and their 20s. So Gen Z is actually part of the second half of the millennial generation. Um, and let me kind of tell you a backstory on this. Basically, the press is so bad on millennials that it, it became a dirty word, right? I mean, like it, was, it became a curse word to call someone millennial. And so Gen Zs were like, I'm not about being associated with that life. Yeah. So they went down and stole the next generation's generation is their letter. <laughs> so um, they would have had a totally different name. and and the new generation that right now we're calling Generation Alpha, um, what should have been Gen Zs, but yeah, whenever a generation starts calling themselves by a name, then that's what the actual name of them is. So Gen Zs are in their 20s, Millennials are in their 30s, but really they're part of the same 20-year span generation. Only when you look at micros do you, you see the breakup. And then the rest of them are the babies that are going to be COVID related, like the names that I've heard most, oh, yeah. like these names. So the ones that I've heard the most is coronials, which I think is pretty good. But wow. my favorite is Quarantine Agers. Like I am a fan <laughs> of yeah. the Quarantine Agers. I'm in.
0: I'm in. I like it.
1: Um. So yeah, that's basically how we break down. If you look at like 80s, 90s are traditionalists, 70s, 60s are boomers. 50s, 40s are Gen Xers, and then 30s are millennials, Gen Zs are 20s, and then the rest of the people you should not hire because it's pretty illegal.
0: (laughs) So, why did the millennials get such a bad rap? What had that happen? What happened?
1: Oh, well, God, there's so many things to say. So, and I love millennials. I feel like we could not have a better post coronavirus major generation who they're huge they've got lots of opinions they're just not afraid to share them and i think that's why boomers and and millennials get along so badly so just asking you um i know you've got kid kids kids whatever it is do you Does your kid act just like you is your kid like more like you or more like your wife
0: uh he's kind of a combo platter On his good days, he's like me, of course. On his bad days, he's like us. yeah. So
1: the best way that I describe why millennials and boomers fight all the time is because they're the same person. It's just like if you had a parent and a child that acts (laughs) just like you, you butt up against each other all the time. So, and that's why the Gen Xers are the middle child in the middle. And we're like, y'all shut up. We hate everyone. Stop talking. I get all my work done magically. And, you know, I don't like any of you and boomers and millennials are like, but they're the same. They're the same um, generation. So really that's why. um, So in the United States, you have to have two things to have power. Okay. I'm giving you like gold right now, baby. You have to have the majority right? You have to have the numbers and you must have the money. Well, Mm -hmm. guess which generation Joe has had the money and the numbers their whole entire lives. It's been the boomers. So now in comes the millennials, which is a huge generation, the biggest generation we've ever had. And they have all the numbers, but do they have the money yet? Nope, they still live in mom and daddy's basement. They keep right? spending on
0: avocado toast, apparently. That's right, to they co- spend it it on of the avocado internet. toast
1: and trips to Bali, and <laughs> yeah. so that's the real reason why the boomers are have kind of demonized the millennials is because they've been their first legit threat to power, mm. and not in America. We're never <laughs> going to look at you and be like, "Oh yeah, you come over here and take over." Like that's not our jam. So that's the real reason that a lot of it's happened is that millennials stand up to a lot of the rules that boomers have put into place. And boomers are like, I just fixed this. Like, I just made things good. How dare <laughs> you come in and tell me that everything we do is bad. So that's really where the real war is. And the rest of us are going to take our 401ks and walk. Boom. Yeah,
0: there you go. <laughs> yes, yeah. that makes sense because I'm an actual middle child in real life and in the generation thing. That makes sense. That's where I'm at.
1: Yeah, we're uh, like the way that I describe Gen Xers is we're like the Prince Charles in the royal family. Like we're never going to be as ambitious as the queen. Like the queen is like the baby boomer, like sheer force of will keeps the queen of England alive. Right. She doesn't trust anybody else can do it. Very similar to boomer style. And then William and Kate are the cute millennials and they're technologically savvy. And literally every person on the planet wants to skip the guy in the middle and move on to the pretty people. And that's us. We're the Gen Xers. We're never going to be as ambitious as the queen and we're never going to be as tech savvy as the millennials. So we're kind of like, let's just get through this as as best we can.
0: Man, that's like my philosophy on life. That's that's about right. Yeah.
1: And no matter where I go in the country, it seems to be the majority, like occasionally, like I know you're extroverted. And so you might, you might bristle a little more at the whole millennials, you know, Gen Xers hate um, humans. But if I go across the country, most of us are like, no, I don't, I don't please don't make me go to lunch with you. Please don't make me have a Christmas party with you. (laughs) That is called unpaid work time, hard pass. So uh, yeah, even our extroverted Gen Xers are still- Well, I'm an introvert
0: by nature, extrovert by profession. That's what I tell you. Me too, babe,
1: I'm I'm an extroverted introvert. I can do
0: it, but man, I gotta go take a nap afterwards. Yeah,
1: I'm a really good, I'm such a good faker. Oh, I can do it, I'm a good faker.
0: Yeah, so that's cool. So who, let me, this is the question on everybody's mind right now. Who is eating the Tide Pod things? Is <laughs> that hey, the most important question we need to know?
1: Okay, so really, that was Gen Z's when they were a little bit younger. Okay. Okay. So, um, so right now, the ones who are stealing stuff off the walls of school and doing all the TikTok challenges—that's your Gen Alpha's. I, I promise you, eventually, they're going to get it together. Like they—they're they're coming. So, what you have to remember with the Tide Pod stuff was that. This generation has had everything documented, like you yeah. and I did all kinds of stupid things, mm-hmm. there's yeah. just no proof, uh, and the problem was is that they had to have proof, yep. um, and, you know, they're, they're, I think, I really like Gen Z's also, I think they're quite clever, they're far more independent, uh, I have found, than even what the millennials were. But, um, yeah, the Tide Pod eaters are 100% the Gen Z's, but they're starting to grow up now. They're hitting 21, 22, 23. Um, but yeah, they were definitely Tide Pod eating about five years ago.
0: Yeah. uh, People are making fun of that. And then I was like, yeah, that's really stupid. Then I thought I used to get on my bike and chase the bug man. He'd spray poison chemicals and we would chase the bug man's poison fog through the neighborhood on our bikes and think we're, this is awesome
1: yeah we grew up with a place called Thrill Hill, which was just way too steep for any hill to be, and you just were not cool a cool kid unless you'd wrecked yourself and got a giant raspberry on your knee on Thrill Hill yeah. so we did lots of stupid stuff. thank God college is not documented for me oh my the way it was for everyone else yes but um one hundred percent I think the what people fail to to remember is that it's it's just because it's documented in a way that the rest of us our parents weren't even watching us so <laughs> yeah. So I tell people all the time, there was no Amber Alert for Gen Xers, right? People, the parents would just be like, it's cool. We lose one. We'll just make another. (laughs) Yeah, that's
0: right. What's some uh, more characteristics about baby boomers? What's some more stuff about them?
1: So there's lots of great things for us to learn about baby boomers, and the main thing that people struggle with with boomers is the older part, the the ones who are in their 70s refusal to retire. Mm. So what you have to understand here is that it's not because they don't believe in us and they're micromanagers, not to say that some of them are not that way, but really it's because this generation, their job and their identity are interwoven in a way that other generations are not, and this this came because of patterns. So this is the main thing that I do is I look at childhoods and parental styles, so what What you have to know, Joe, is that this generation, baby boomers parents were children during the Great Depression. Okay, we always want better for our kids. So what happens is when they have kids, it becomes the most important thing in the world for their kid to have a job. And they don't care if those people are happy or fulfilled in any way. They just care if they have a job, right? Put bread on the table. So that's the first thing. You must have a job or your parents are ashamed of you. Okay, okay. The second side of that is when those dads got off the boat from World War II and kissed mama, they made three times the amount of baby boomers. So now you've got three times the amount of people who all believe they must have a job in order to be a productive member of society. And that's why still to this day, if you shake a 70-year-old's hand, you will go through an exchange. I'll, I'll say my name. You'll say next, your name. The next question will always be, what are you? Do for a living. Yeah. What do you do for a living every single time? So think about this. You have a huge group of people who've been trained that every time they meet a stranger, every time they meet a stranger, they should be able to verbally affirm their worth and contribution to American society. And so they're not going to get to a place now where they're like, oh, well, I used to be something and now I'm not, because the minute you're not productive in America, what do we do we stick you in a home right and they're like I'm not about that life. So what you have to understand is that their their identity comes from a combination of extremely high competition and, and the perspective that you must have a job or you're not good right Mm -hmm. so that's why they're not leaving i mean it's not because they don't want to have retirement and that kind of stuff those people can spend money i mean they are by far the highest amount of people eating out every single day if you go anywhere it's those boomers who are who are making that bank and turning it over on their big cruises and that kind of stuff but for them their job and identity is interwoven in a way that gen xers we didn't have that same kind of pressure uh, and definitely, millennials have not had that pressure. They've always had the you can always come home if people are mean to you, or, you know, and that's what's made them be able to be more vocal millennials can challenge because they've had a safe nest to return to and other generations didn't have that. I don't know about you, but I got luggage for my 18th birthday. That was my present.
0: (laughs) A little hint, subtle hint.
1: Right. My parents were like, we'll buy you a really nice bridge for, you know, a nice box for under the bridge, but you're not coming home pumpkin. And that's not what happened to millennials and being able to have that ability socially. That's the important thing here. It became socially acceptable to return home because of the Great Recession. When that happened, all of a sudden they could challenge their bosses in a way that us as Gen Xers couldn't do, right? We couldn't throw down rules and be like, I'm not coming in till 10, what are you gonna do about it, right? Yeah. We couldn't do that because we had to have a job to afford the house that we already couldn't afford. Um, so a lot of the, the, the pushback and the changes that we've actually had have come out of the millennials being able to take a stand because of where they were born in time. It's oh. really cool when you start watching patterns. Like you're like, oh, I see. Um, the, the millennials are no worse than any of those kids in the 1930s were, who glamorized mobsters and were going to speakeasies, right? <laughs> it's they're no different, no different. We repeat over and over again.
0: That is crazy when you think about it, right? That's pretty That's good. Great. Your work is pretty cool. You get to break stuff down like that. So let's let's talk about a, a, what they're calling the uh, the the next greatest generation. Let's talk about mm-hmm. let's talk about us. What do you say? <laughs> what's, our, what's more stuff about us? What do we need to know? Latchkey kids, what else?
1: Latchkey kids, hyper-independent. The main thing you need to know um, is statistically the number I've seen that's magic um, for most people who are Gen Xers for retirement is 57 Um, Now, who knows if we have another great recession that could put us off a few years. But you have to understand that all your Gen Xers who are in your offices right now, if they are the number one catch all for your secession plan, you are banking on the wrong horse, because we're going to leave. And many boomers are looking at people in their 50s and 40s and they say, oh, well, they're going to be our next great leaders. Absolutely not. The minute we can take our 401ks and walk away and sell grandma's china, right, and (laughs) buy a cheap house in Costa Rica, we're going to walk. Uh, And we're not going to feel guilty about it. So really the big thing you need to know about Gen Xers is hyper-independent. But you really don't need to spend a lot of time making sure that we're happy and fulfilled. Really, what you need to do is spend all your time on making sure you are attracting, retaining your millennials and your Gen Zs, because that's the only way to guarantee any kind of sustainability in your company. So Gen Xers are worker bees, right? We're gonna come in, get our stuff done. Think about like when it snows here in Huntsville. Gen Xers are gonna take their computer home with the threat of having sn- like we're gonna we're gonna get it done. We're gonna get up early, and then when our kids wake up, we're gonna go make you know how you know little snow houses and whatever. But we're gonna get our work done first. Like we we are gonna do our stuff. Um, and so I think a lot of people are spending time banking on Gen Xers being their next wave of leaders, and that's a really, really poor choice. I actually just did a great um, presentation with Qualtrics. Um, some people up at Qualtrics who are some of the biggest, you know, da- big data people there are. And right now they say in ten years, seventy-five percent of your workplace will be millennials and below. Wow! Within ten. So if you're not considering that, then you've you got a problem. Don't be banking on us. But we're independent. As long, Like I tell people all the time, no news is good news to Gen Xers. <laughs> um, so this is a problem when Gen, your Gen Xers are in charge of your millennials, right? Because millennials have a very high feedback need. And so a lot of Gen Xers as their bosses, we're like, unless you're in trouble, I don't have anything to say to you, pumpkin. And they're like, no, tell me I'm great and swell and (laughs) wonderful and give me a purple and a gold star and train my face off. And we're like, yeah, I don't get paid to do my job and your job too. Uh, uh, That's a hard pass. So that would be another thing that I would, I would say is make sure that your millennials really are getting the training that they, that they want need because a lot of Gen Xers are like, I don't know, figure it out. Because that's what we did, right? Yeah. Majority of us our whole entire lives. No one knew that we were making 35 on our spelling test because we only <laughs> got grades every six weeks. And as long as we offered extra credit to maybe bank some erasers or whatever, like we, we've learned to just solve our own problems before anyone else knows that it's going to blow up. So that's a big thing that you have to understand. The next generation down didn't get. They didn't get that hyper level of independence um, of solve your own problem. No news is good news. They need feedback on a higher level. And Gen X is by our nature are not likely to give that.
0: We just want to be left alone and just leave our red stapler alone. Just absolutely. Don't our touch red... our
1: stuff, right? Don't be too needy. Um, figure it out on your own. And and that's that's the ideal Gen Z world. I mean, Gen X world. What, what's interesting to me too is um, a lot of companies are dealing with the um, Like clothing, what's appropriate dress for work at this point in time, Uh, especially with uh, all the government jobs here in Huntsville? You're running into a lot of this. And I think you'll find it's really interesting that most Gen Xers, we don't give a rip what you wear. I don't care (laughs) if your hair is purple, you got 15,000 piercings, your toes are all out. I don't care. Turn your stuff in on time. (laughs) Um, Right. As long as you're making my job easier, I don't give a rip what you look like. But here's what people have to understand as those boomers are not retiring, those same boomers who were told that clothing equals power by their bosses, mm. right? If we're not in charge, we can't flex those rules. So that'd be my main thing that I'd tell your millennials who are all, you know, listening today is play the game you're currently in, right? Play the game. If people like people that are like them and you know that your decision makers are boomers that are going to wear a suit, then use that as the credibility to get yourself ahead right now. Eventually, it's not gonna it's not gonna matter. But but look at it not as a I've got a rule and you have to follow the rule. But this is a means of persuasion for me to be able to play this game and give them what they want. But you'll see that companies that are Gen X run, they're in. That's why all those tech firms are walking in in flip flops and, and jam jams, right? Because they're all run by fifty and forty year olds. Where government work is going to have a bit more. Uh, finesse associated with it because military says clothing equals power and they said the same that's exactly what they taught the boomers. Well, so that's just an example.
0: Yeah that's me. I mean I, I've never tied a tie without the help of YouTube. So that makes oh, sense. Yeah.
1: No, and I and I don't want to, right? Huh. And if I if I'm completely in charge, I'm never going to care. I'm going to be about production based. But you have, that's why understanding generational norms is so important because if you begin to understand, oh, this makes sense in my boss's head, he or she is not doing this because they are just a jerk or they're control freak. It's because when they were my age, they were basically told if you don't have a Rolex, no one will respect you. (laughs) Like they've been told that clothing means something different than what millennials and Gen Z's had. So when you look at it as "This this makes sense in their head, I'm going to either play the game or not play the game based on whatever I need to do. You'll spend a lot less time being mad and then you'll hate your job less, which is good for everybody.
0: Oh, that's cool. Who, who doesn't need that in their life, right? So uh, you kind of talk, spoke about them a lot. So what's some more stuff about millennials we might need to know?
1: Wow. OK, so one of the big things you have to know about your millennials is that most of the stuff that you that we as a society hate about them, we totally made. We made every bit of it. Um, so the biggest one I hear, Joe, and I'm sure you've heard this too, and millennials hear it all the time, is, oh my gosh, millennials and their participation trophies, <laughs> yeah. right? And what I always say to that is, who bought the participation trophies? Yeah. Not the millennials. No millennial ever woke up woke up and was like, oh, please, God, 11th place this year. Like, it's not in our cultural DNA to be okay with losing. Um, but what happened was, in putting those sort of things in place, in dropping the competition level it's made us not understand, made millennials not understand the concept of excellence in the same way that previous generations do, right? So think about this. You've got a generation of people that can do C-level work on a project right? But if their mom is mean enough and squawks enough and goes into the office enough and yells and screams at the, te- at the principal, that C can magically become an A. So that's going to become a problem in understanding excellence or what it means to go b- above and beyond, right? That's not their fault. We did that we did that right culturally we're the ones that decided to water that down and still give you a trophy if you were on the worst team on the worst player in the league we still gave you we did that so we've distorted their view of excellence so that would be one of the first things I would tell people is anyone who is managing anyone who falls in this category be really really clear about what your level of excellence looks like and do not back that up Mm. So uh, the example I use here is, okay, You got, are you a Chick-fil-A fan? I mean, I know you're a nutrition buff, but you Chick-fil-A fan? Yeah, yeah. If you say the words thank you to a literal 15 or 16-year-old at Chick-fil-A, what are they going to say to you? My pleasure. They're going to say my pleasure. So here's the thing. If you can train a 15 or 16-year-old, that this is the rule. This is the standard at Chick-fil-A. You can't play with us. If you can't say my pleasure, then you can easily train a 27-year-old to hit their marks, their standards, their deadlines, right? I've I've seen them out there sweating their guts out, still saying my pleasure. So it's not that people can't be trained, it's that we're not clear and transparent on what our versions of excellence, good, and just middle of the road looks like. And with lack of clarity for this group of people, they're going to play middle of the road unless you unless you hold that standard. So that would be one of the big things I say is for me. And I remember I've studied these people for 15 years. It, they do way better when you say this is the standard of Huntsville Adventure Boot Camp. This is the expectation of what we have. This standard will not be backing up. Here's all the soft skills and the hard skills that go along with that. I'll get you as much training, as many classes you could. Right? I'll send you anywhere you need to go, but that will not be backing up that's when they come and get it, right? When you say, this is what great looks like, come and get it. That's when I think I've found millennials and Gen Z's hit their max capacity. It's when we're really nebulous and we don't, we don't give feedback regularly and don't let people start getting away with stuff early on. That's when the drama happens.
0: Wow, what a great episode. You share that with somebody. I'm gonna share with you some awesome sponsors. Williams marketing they can help your business grow regardless of the size of the project you're gonna get a solution that is specifically created for you and your business no cookie cutter one-size-fits approach here so Amy and her band of fearless marketers can help you with all that stuff that you think you can do but you're not really that good at it you don't have time for it they can do that they're the experts it's what they do web design online conversion optimization SEO uh, graphic design marketing page management all that stuff Go let them do that. Don't handle that yourself. Go check them out at McWilliamsMarketing.com. See what all they can do. They're amazing people. Teak Patnick with Patnick Realit. He really does it all in the real estate world: general real estate sales, acquisitions, property management, investments. All that good stuff. You're not just a transaction with Teak. He really wants to build a relationship for life with you. He has built his whole business on prayer, hard work ethic, honesty, and results. You can trust Patnick Realty with all your real estate needs. Hey, I trust my brother from another mother, Teak, and you should too. Give him a call, 256 694 0117, or email him at teak at patnickco.com. Hey, if your child's struggling with math, Are you frustrated trying to help them? Then you need Mathnasium of Madison. They will meet your child where they are and help them get where they need to go. And they will do this in a positive and uplifting environment. You'll see measurable changes in attitude, confidence, and school progress. And go to their website, mathnasium.com slash MadisonAL, and sign up for the assessment. It is a risk-free and cost-free process that will tell you exactly where your child stands academically. Check them out again, mathnasium.com, MadisonAL. You know what you need in your life? Some apparel lab. That's where I get all my t-shirts and the Hope Dealer stickers there and all my stuff over there. But you can brand just about anything you want there. Whether you have an idea of what you want or you have no idea where to start, they can help you. Go check out their website, apparelab.ink, or you can email them at theapparelab at gmail.com. Use a promo code RELENTLESS. Save yourself some money. Get some great products. Hey, these are awesome businesses. Go support them. They're out supporting positivity, and they will do you right. Have an awesome day.